Yeah, I don't I don't think it's crazy to to say that the offensive line is maybe one of the strongest position groups on the entire offense um, heading into spring. I mean, you know, like you said, four out of five starters are back. You bring in two transfers who have been been quality players elsewhere and bless Harris and Lyles. I think with Lyles, the biggest thing is if he can be healthy from those injuries that he suffered at Wisconsin early in his career. And if so, then he's a solid, a solid starter right there at center. I think that gives the flexibility to, you know, Marie Smith be the backup at center, but also maybe he can flex out over to guard and start at right guard or something like that. But so you've got your four starters back, those two guys, and then you've got the young guys behind them, like Zane Herring and all those guys. Um, yeah, Schrader, who has both started in their career. Estes. Mm-hmm. Um, Oren Lloyd. Oren Lloyd, man. I mean, we'll probably get to in the depth chart and other things, but Lloyd Willis and Rod Orr, I'm expecting to see some developments there. I want to see those two guys. Looking at them at practice, they've got the physical attributes and everything, but you know they spent a year learning the system, and there'll be a really competitive spring for them, and you know competing on that depth chart. But I want to see some strides being made there because those are two guys coming in who had some some good respect and talented offensive linemen. Hey guys, it's Terrence Nan. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go Dolls. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, aka E Dub, in the house. So we're listening to Hear the Spear, presented by No Game Day. Go live, go nose. Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, go nose. This is Terrell Fuckley. You're listening to Hear the Spear, presented by No Game Day. No bloody. But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Deion Primetime Sanders. Great Deion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? I, I can wake up to that greedy every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, those fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Here's the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. James Wilder Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on. SSOD, Florida State or Die, and go no. William Barnon Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up? What is happening, guys? This is Logan Robinson from Here This Beer, presented to you by NoGameDate.com. Hope everybody's having a fantastic and wonderful evening. We've got some spring football to finally talk about. We've teased it for about a month now, but we are going to run into our spring offensive uh, breakdown and preview everything, including depth charts, storylines, newcomers coming in, battles to watch, everything. So we'll be jumping into that offensive uh, preview here soon. With me this evening is Dustin Lewis, our lead writer and editor. And down below, Austin VZ, gentlemen. How are we doing, VZ? Doing good down there? Well, I'm not smush like I was in, uh, in Cameron Endor. So, yeah. yeah. You were really like actually on the court. I feel like I was like if depending on how I put my feet, my feet were on the court. You could have tapped. Insane. You could have tripped someone. Yes. I don't know about that. There, there was tried. a couple times where players would like fall over the like the the table in front of me, like over my laptop. That was that wasn't as fun as you'd think. Um, mm-hmm. But it was a neat experience. It, it's definitely a lot lot better than you know Clemson, who put me the last row in the arena. Yeah. Yeah. How's your hip doing? It was stiff. experience. It was stiff the, the next day. I'm not even gonna lie. Um, How many knees did you have in your back while you were sitting down? 
Uh, I actually had a chair, so I, I didn't feel anything in my back. There was a couple to the side of me, you know, because I literally people literally on either side of me. It just looked like you were squash in there, dude. Like I a, was. a sardine a in a can. I was. I, I, saw I, those, I saw those pictures you took, and it's like the people were breathing into your like they into were. the back nah. of your head. Like that girl was right on you. Which I don't her. think you were blank. I mean, you weren't complaining I was upset. about. I was upset. Oh, no, okay, I was upset. She no, she was annoying. Um, oh, <laughs> she was very, very annoying. Um, really, everyone around me was, and I, it wasn't a very knowledgeable. No, oh, they're Duke fans. Around me. Um, yeah. Fun fact: since he's talking about Grayson, I actually know Grayson Allen. I grew up with him and his family. Um, <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Um, well, snap. It, it was it was a neat experience. I'll say that. Um, but uh, we'll talk about that later. I know people don't want to listen to basketball right now. <laughs> we'll give them the football scoop first, and we'll let uh, you know, let them leave around the like nine thirty mark. <laughs> yeah, that's 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 fair. I don't blame them. Uh, but yeah, no, we've got quite a bit to talk about this evening, and I mean, nobody noticing. I mean, not even the people on the show noticed. We did a little oh, revamp pitch here, a little revamp. Yeah. They didn't even say anything about it. Didn't notice it. So I'm hoping some people in the comments will say, "Oh, I mean, Tr in here already." Giving some love to the new look that spent a little bit of time this week revamping, putting a little SI up there. I was like, you know what? We need to put some better branding on here. So did a little revamp on the live stream. I know a lot of you podcast listeners don't see any of the stuff on here that we're doing, but um, had to do a little revampage to get ready for the spring. Um, but yeah, we've got a lot to talk about. We're going to talk about the spring practice dates released. Uh, we'll be at Tour of Duty on March 1st, next Tuesday morning, bright and early. And then we're going to talk about some USFL, Reggie Northrup, John Franklin, DeAndre Johnson drafted two former or three former Knowles, two former at the time quarterbacks, too. Uh, and then we're going to go through storylines to watch of the spring. Uh, we've got which year two guy breaks out uh, strongest and weakest group on the offense. And then we'll go position by position, uh, trying to predict the depth chart. This is the spring, so there's going to be a lot, a few guesses here and there, but at least on the offensive side of things, it feels like we can give some pretty good uh, close guesses to who is going to be on that starting unit. And then uh, Austin will end us off with some basketball. As always, you can listen to podcasts on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. Hit that subscribe button if you're on YouTube right now and hit the like button. If you're on the podcast waves, make sure you subscribe there so you'll be notified every time we release a new episode. I think that's going to wrap it up. Let's get started. With some stuff, and we'll also be taking some questions too. So make sure you guys throw in a lot of stuff uh, throughout the evening, and we'll make sure to try to get in there. Uh, let's jump into those spring dates being released. I know, Dustin, we kind of had a feel for whenever the spring was going to begin because of Florida State's big-time recruiting week weekend, which we can probably touch on too. Um, and maybe give some latest on a few players. But uh, the spring dates have been released, and that will lead them all the way into, actually, uh, the spring game, which, Austin, are you coming down for that? Or are you staying, you staying put in uh, Raleigh? Um, Not well, Raleigh, Charlotte. Well, I, for, I, think, I forget which weekend it is, but I, I feel like I remember having to do something that weekend. Yeah, I mean – you do arrive to games and they, FSU does lose. So this would be your time to shine because there's no way a Florida State team could lose. Um, you'd be surprised. <laughs> you could find oh, there gotta, could be some we can, way. We can find ways. Got an Eric yeah. Church concert or something to go to that day. Yeah, there's another there's another con country concert for him to go to. Whole another three city tour coming up every month. Yeah, I, exactly. listen, I would do it if I could. <laughs> I would do it if I could. 
<laughs> oh, I know you could. I know you could. But yeah, that spring game is going to be on April 9th. Uh, things get started. It says on the graphic here, uh, March 7th, but we do know things are kind of start get, it, they get going on March 5th because of that recruiting yeah. weekend. Um, but then it goes into March 9th, 11th, 22nd. We don't need to go through all the damn dates on here, but uh, I'll put it on the screen here. They've got a big recruiting weekend though. Dealer. That might be the biggest thing out of this. A big time uh, list is being grown. I know Dustin's been updating it all throughout the, the week with some of the visitors coming in, but that's really the, it's a big weekend overall. Even Nate Greer is coming in town for that. That's, that's never happened know. before. Can't, that's can't when you know it's guess. big. Can't it's like one. That's like one time in the last two years, kind of thing. Yep. Golly. But yeah, big but recruiting yeah. weekend. Yeah, like you said, ton of recruits coming in. I've been hitting up guys um, on Twitter, texting guys, and seeing who's going to make it. And I think right now, I think I've got forty-seven or forty-eight confirmations across um, twenty twenty-three class, twenty-four and. There's a few 25 guys that I think are going to be there as well. And pretty much all of the, all the 2023 commitments are going to be in, you know, Florida state, this, this class is so deep at wide receiver. There's a lot of wide receivers making it in Brandon Ennis, Santana Fleming, Tyler Williams, Adam Hopkins. Um, It just, it just kind of goes on from there. And same thing at defensive back and, and defensive line, you know, um, in January, it was kind of spaced out a little bit. There wasn't as many guys on campus. I think the most was probably that first weekend. There was probably about 30 guys there. There's going to be more than double that on, on March 5th. And I'm sure there's going to be guys that I don't even confirm that show up as well. You always have some surprise guys show up. Yeah. Parson, a big time bell cow for that class will be here. And, you know, he's talked with you and I multiple times. And last time he was here in Tallahassee and said, he's working a lot on these wide receivers and, trying to get closely connected. I know there's a guy out there that the discord talks about Jalen Brown and, you know, they've got a close connection too, but Florida state's bringing in some, some stellar talent, but it seems like Chris Parson has been working really hard all around, but definitely in that wide receiver room, it seems like. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's one thing that kind of makes Florida state unique because obviously the coaches are going really hard after these recruits, but you've got these recruit, uh, these other commitments coming at them the same way. And, you know, these are guys that they can relate to that are in their age group, in their class, that can tell them what Florida State's really about. You know, you can hear it from a coach, but when you hear it from someone that has decided to commit their future to that program, I think it just, it's a little bit of a different message. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even write on here either. I will get to it in a minute, but the Atkins stuff and uh, the rumblings there really didn't last too long, just a couple of days. We can probably get to that in a second, but yeah, oh, big, God. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, Atkins, that's why I thought about recruiting wise, how that affects uh, the team because Atkins and his bag lately, the last year, year, two years, but definitely this offensive line class that he's brought in him having to jump into other position groups that he's going in and helping another staff member and try to land these guys and what he did too with Armella at the end of early signing day that night. Uh, it seemed like, uh, you know, Atkins obviously well-deserving of that co-offensive coordinator gig. And, you know, I'm sure maybe Georgia um, made a contact and, you know, we don't know what maybe went further, but uh, it seems like at least from what I 
can feel like Atkins wants to be under Norvell at least another season or, or two just to learn from him and get that offense down. If you know Kenny Dillingham was in that role last year, now he's at Oregon. He'll take definitely a more hands-on approach with that play calling, the play calling duties at Oregon. Whereas you know Atkins can come in, really learn under Norvell and kind of be what Kenny did. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I pretty much agree with that. I think Atkins is looking at this role at Florida State as the primary offensive coordinator and the offensive line coach as one to spring himself into an eventual head coaching position. I don't think he's looking to take what what some would say is a lateral move. And yes, he would get more money at Georgia. Yes, Georgia is the more successful program right now. But at the same time, I think Atkins is just trying to set himself up for something bigger, and that's eventually leading a program and, you know, who knows as things go, um, Mike Norvell probably going to start off as the primary play caller on that offense. But as he grooms Atkins, you never know. He's going to get more and more involved in that play calling duty and running the offense. And that's only going to help him in his coaching career. Yeah, no, definitely well respected. And he's des- he's as a, he will be a head coach one day. Um, Absolutely. He had a big time respect even before coming to Florida State. Norvell, you know, had that connection with him and was able to grab him, bring him into Tallahassee, and now he gets promoted fully into year three as a co-offensive coordinator. And, you know, that just gives him a lot more time to learn. But I just didn't think this kind of was a Woodson-type scenario where I just didn't see that happening. You know, usually there's a lot more talk here and there, and I just I wasn't on my end hearing much of anything for the Woodson thing um, and also for Atkins. And I don't think it was also a play where Atkins was wanting or Woodson was looking to maybe get a raise in some aspects where, you know, you'll see – assistance you know entertain some offers here and there and maybe try to get a jump and pay but i just didn't see that with woodson and atkins going into this year three with norvell so um that's at least a positive you know that you're not losing coach atkins your top uh, assistant heading into a gigantic season for norvell. you cannot you i've said it on so many podcasts coach atkins <laughs> is the most is probably the most important assistant coach on that staff right now outside of Mike Norvell himself. I mean, you've got to do everything you can to keep him with the program as long as long as you can before he does get that head coaching job. Yep, you got to. You're spot on there. So, yeah, we'll be there next Saturday, right, Dila? We'll be at the Moor. We'll be there for uh, practice availability along with a big-time recruiting weekend. So, hoping to catch It's going to be a long day. Yeah, it's going to be one of those. It's going to bring be- two waters. Yeah, I got, I'm gonna have my jug. Might have to fill this up with a little bit of. Never mind. Never mind. I need some sunscreen, man. It's kind of. It, it was kind of cloudy out there in January, and I was still getting sunburned somehow. I just been inside too much the last two years. <laughs> yeah, we gotta get you out. At least let's get you to a coffee shop where you can ride out there. You know, I wasn't gonna say you just go out to a park and just I hang out. Coffee. I was like, you've got to bring your laptop with you to get some content. I ain't going to no coffee shop. What? I like going to a coffee shop. I was, I was there two times this week getting some work done. I can't just stay in this room all day long. I'll go crazy. Well, like, look just like me. you. Yeah, look at you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't want to turn into you. Uh, TR is asking after March 5th recruiting day, what is the next big recruiting day? I don't think I, I don't think we've really heard on a set date on the next one. Maybe pretty much going to, yeah, pretty much going to have visitors, I think, coming in every weekend. I've already, in the midst of hitting guys up, I've had some guys say they're not going to make it on March 5th, but they are going to make it. I've had some confirm for the following weekend, March 12th. I've had some confirm for March 19th already. 
someone already confirmed to me for the spring game on April 9th and um, 2023 running back Cedric Baxter, former Florida State commitment. He actually let me know that he's going to be making it on Wednesday, March 9th, a couple of days after the event on March 5th. So that's a pretty that's interesting big. one because, yeah, Florida State's trying to get him back in the fold. He's one of the top targets at the running back position in the 2023 class for Florida State. He's going to be at USC on the 5th, and then he's coming to Florida State, and then the next day he's going to Miami. So it's going to be huge to get him on campus. And, you know, not having him on that recruiting weekend, you're going to be able to dedicate more personal time to him, I think. So that'll really help out. Yeah, I was about to say Baxter has been one uh, that I think still Florida State is in contention with there. Uh, Mm -hmm. Just a tricky guy, tricky kind of recruit that Florida State's going to try to have to hold down is that kind of like the vibe that you're getting from them i mean there's a lot of good schools including usc with lincoln riley over there now i mean well you know he's one of the top running backs not just in florida but in the entire country every every school in the country is after this kid right now and i think he's just weighing all of his options um he did grow up a florida state fan but it's going to come down to more than that he wants to see florida state produce on the field, win games, make it back to a bowl game, have the running backs produce, show, show, show some kind of semblance of what he would eventually be able to do at the college level if he did come to Florida State. So they're definitely in contention, and it's going to be huge to get him on campus a couple of times this offseason, but you've got to take care of business in the fall. Yeah. Same thing with how we saw the 2022 class. You lost some guys because of the results on the field. Yep, not wrong. Uh, Brez is asking, when is the spring game? That's April 9th at 6 p.m. And I think they're doing an after-show concert kind of dealio like they do every year. Yeah, some country artists I've never heard of. Austin knows them for sure. Yeah, Austin will probably be there. I don't don't know who it is. I haven't seen who was announced. That would be the only reason Austin would come down into town for it. But, yeah, I also don't know the name. I usually – the only one that I knew was uh, Ice – what's his name? I'm going to lose my mind now. Yeah, you I, was don't even say, know. I was about to say Ice Cube. <laughs> Hold up. What's this? Uh, I'm missing it. Someone in the chat's going to tell me. And then <laughs> they're going to kill me because I'm getting it wrong. Who was? Who was uh, oh, I actually didn't know who that is. That's uh, Chris, Chris Jansen. Chris Jansen. Okay. Uh, fun fact his wife is actually an FSU grad. That's probably why he's doing it that yeah there you go there you that have makes, it that adds up she gets a little alumni reunion he, here he even has a song called tomahawk that is pretty terrible <laughs> well there well he's looking probably to gonna that. play that after the he absolutely will the spring it, game yeah, well it's it's not great really look can we do like an instant reaction immediately after the spring game so we don't have to listen to that and i can get to drinking afterwards <laughs> Sorry. Um, let's look at Carol, Miss Carol here. Oh, this one. I. What do you think about the D2 quarterback, Austin Reed, as a backup to Jordan, who has been mentioned recently? I have not seen much on Austin Reed. I don't know if anybody else on here has. That name sounds familiar for sure. But I, have I haven't really heard much. I mean, I know he was a really productive quarterback. Um, at the D2 level, I think over 7,000 passing yards or something like that. So he's definitely a really talented guy. But you have to think with someone, a grad transfer entering the transfer portal and trying to move up divisions, he's probably looking for an opportunity to start and potentially showcase himself for the NFL level. So I don't know if it would make sense for him to come to Florida State 
And I don't know if they have a scholarship to allocate to a quarterback right now. Mm-hmm. I uh, just now remembered who that was. I had to Google it. Who performed it was Vanilla, uh, Vanilla Ice, Ice Ice Baby. I kind of like was starting to connect an Ice Cube. How long ago was rapper. that? That was like three years ago, four years ago, maybe. Where Vanilla Ice? Yep, there's the chat. See, this is why we have the chat. Thank God. I'm so glad we've got to do. Well, we're doing live streaming now because. They're here to help. But I did search that one. Ice Ice Baby with Vanilla Ice. I do remember that one. That was that was pretty good. That was pretty decent. That was pretty decent. Uh, let's jump into the next thing on here. Well, we'll just note on it again. We'll be at Tour Duty March 1st. Looking forward to that. Should be a good time. We're going to be six up at like 5 a.m. Yeah, Dustin's going to... Right, so we've got to be there at 6, but Dustin's going to wake, wake up at like 4 a.m. Because he's got it. About like 4.45. Yeah, you're going to do like some kind of meditation for about 15 minutes and then you're going to take a shower pluck your eyebrows do your makeup eat S- like, a water burger on the way yeah yeah he'll nah, be- I, I, there's no way i'm going to be able to eat that early dude there's no way <laughs> but you eat yeah. it at 1 a.m at, after well you got to think when tour of duty gets over it won't be 11 a.m yet i can still hit water burger on the way home i've already <laughs> thought about it come on <laughs> Oh, goodness gracious. Don't force yourself beforehand. Wait. But yeah, you get it. You got to treat yourself after a long, hardworking day of four hours. You have to start the day off right, you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, But yeah, we'll be there for that bright and early and then continue the rest of the day being out there until probably the sun goes down. So we'll be there all day. So just putting that out there, showing how hard we work on this show for you all. Just so, so hard. Even if Dustin has to get up at 445 for some reason, I won't be doing that. I'll be getting up at 530 and getting <laughs> over there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, some three former Knowles, d you put out a piece today, some uh, USFL stuff. We've got some spring football coming, not only with FSU, but seems like we got some pro stuff going on with the USFL. Reggie Northrup gets drafted along with uh, former FSU quarterback, but now wide receiver John Franklin the third, and then quarterback DeAndre Johnson, who was actually drafted in the first round. Or not uh, first day, but round 12. Not the first round. No, not the first round. First round, first day, round 12. Which it's a little confusing anyway, if you look at, yeah. you know, this is a new, we've seen this the last couple of springs. There's, there's a new startup football league trying to, make a name for itself. We've seen the AAF, the XFL, and now we have the USFL. But their draft process, it wasn't like a best player available or draft who you want type of deal. It was 35 rounds, and each round was a designated position. So it was like the first round was quarterbacks. I think the second round was defensive ends and so on. That was a a little – so the actual oh, rounds that people got drafted in, I don't think it really – it doesn't matter that much. No, nah, I don't think it's that. It's such – there's not a lot of teams. So it doesn't – I'm not, I'm not going to judge anybody for anything. The one thing with Reggie Northrup, though, you know, I got to have a chat. We got to get him back on here again because, I mean, the first pod was something that I'll never forget. But uh, <laughs> it another – <laughs> It was one where, you know – He was Reggie doing all right. Yeah, Reggie told us beforehand, you know, I'm not going to, I don't really want to talk too much about FSU and stuff and giving them a hard time. And then things hit a different gear. And we were on for a ride of just kind of uh, telling them some things that he had some problems with at Florida State and ended up being one of our most listened pods. So 
But anyways, Reggie, man, I feel like he's killing it in MMA. I don't really, unless, I mean, it all depends on pay and everything and got to pay the bills and such. But, and I'm sure maybe football still is definitely a big old dream for him and to eventually move up in those ranks in the pros now. But Mm -hmm. dude, I mean, the the MMA, I feel like he's killing it right now. Um, I want to go to one of his fights, but I don't know why I drive four hours for it to only last 30 seconds. I mean, if you guys haven't seen it, Reggie Northrup is a demon, the black dragon. He calls himself. He's undefeated right now. I think four and a O four and amateur pro. I have a problem with this. I'm sorry, Reggie, but you know, I don't know. I feel like you need to stay zoned in. He looks great. Body's in shape, um, which I'm sure he can play, but I don't know. I want him to, I want him to be an MMA. I don't know about y'all. Well, this is only for the spring. So I'm sure he's already getting something lined up for the summer. And, you know, I don't know, I don't know much about amateur fighting and the pay and all the stuff that comes with that and how hard it is to eventually work your way up to, the UFC, which I'm sure is the goal for everyone in that sport, obviously. But like you said, Reggie, 4-0, he's absolutely dominated um, in the competition that we've seen so far. And if football doesn't work out, that's definitely something that he can lean on and potentially make a career out of. Yeah, I know. Out man. of. <laughs> Sorry, I'll judge you. We have some screw-ups on here sometimes. Um. But yeah, now Reggie, wish him the best of luck. I'm I'm all for more football throughout the year. I would take it 12 months if I could sign me up so I won't be against any kind of new leagues. I know some people are like, oh, this is going to fail, whatever. Just give me something every year. Damn, if a new league just tries a damn new new league every year. As long as I get more football, that's all that matters. Because I can't, I'm sorry, I'm I'm sure the rest of the chat too. I, I, I can deal with some basketball, but really I've got to be betting on it uh overseas i'm not cheating you know overseas betting um to really be interested in it like nba or i'm not gonna you know mlb still hasn't started up yet and their spring hasn't begun but mlb that just doesn't get me energized of anything i need football i need football and maybe a little bit of basketball but mainly football so sign me up for more of that where is nate go ahead i was gonna say we'll, we'll just we'll see what happens you know these leagues they haven't stuck yet, but eventually I feel like there's going to be one that is successful. And then you kind of have football in the spring to look forward to as well as the fall. The interesting thing with what the USFL is doing is they've got eight franchises, um, you know, kind of across the country or whatever, but actually all the games, at least in their inaugural season this year, which I don't know if we said it, but it starts in April. Um, I think all the games are going to be played in Birmingham for every franchise. Hmm, that is interesting to me. Which is smart because if you think about it, the other the other leagues, they've got to pay for eight different stadiums like to rent them out, to have all those games. Now you get to do it in one or two sites there in yeah. Birmingham. Yeah, well, that seems like a smart idea. And I saw that too. They partnered with the NFL, Dilu, uh, with doing the rules, and you know they're going to test different things. I think the Sky Cam came from what was it XFL, XFL. or yeah, yeah XFL, and that ended up being something that the NFL used and took away from that. And so now they're partnering together. So there's going to be <laughs> some different things with rules that they'll uh, key in on during games and see. Well, you know, it seems like the audience, also the players, it seems like it's 
got a good smooth feeling to it throughout a game, you know, maybe we should introduce this or at least let it be uh, voted on in the NFL whenever they get over there and go through some rule changes every year and look back. So uh, interesting thing there. And I'm really looking forward to XFL coming back. I think I was really, I was actually watching that quite a bit, definitely because there was a lot of former Knowles on the team on teams, but it was entertaining. I liked the end game interviews going on. It was a lot more interactive. And I think too, the biggest thing in football right now and the sports overall that I think a lot of leagues are going to start doing is allowing more different, different commentators. You're seeing it too with Peyton Manning, the Manning brothers doing their thing, but getting more than your just regular two guys in the booth that do it weekly. I think given an opportunity to, you know, talent, celebrities, former players, Marshawn Lynch. I, I mean, I, w- I would sign up. I would, I would even pay, I feel like, a little bit of money a damn uh, month or year just to hear Marsh- Marshawn Lynch uh, commentate a game and tell him that you just got ran the F over. Like, I mean, sign me up. So I feel like there's a lot of things that are going to be changing in the next Throw couple of years. Throw some Skittles at the screen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's some other things that he could probably do, but it probably wouldn't last long. So it would all have to be pay-per-viewers on <laughs> somewhere else. But um, people like that, I think, I think sports are changing in that kind of dimension. So I'm all for it. Uh, let's talk some spring, some spring football. Let's jump into it. Offensive breakdown. We're finally here about two weeks now, less than two weeks away from spring ball kicking off really. And we're going to go into offense this week. I know there's a lot of questions and stuff in here, some topics being brought up that we'll bring up as we go through this. So don't worry. You can keep throwing them in there, but you know, I put down, some notes in here in our production meeting of a few things that I think are storylines to watch. Number one for me is the quarterback room with Dillingham being gone. And, you know, you want to see a young guy in AJ Duffy come up and make strides because Florida state is going to have a competition for QB two. It's about solidified that Jordan Travis is taking the reins once again, heading into uh, really the fall. I mean, this last spring, it was really McKenzie Milton and Jordan Travis going at it. Uh, but this time Jordan Travis has it, has the sole reins. This QB room to me, you know, still has a little bit of question marks. Who's going to be QB two? Can AJ Duffy make those strides? I, you know, I think a lot of people are wanting a lot of stuff out of AJ Duffy. I think they need to kind of tone that down the spring for a young quarterback right here is maybe finding chemistry, making some reads, but feeling comfortable. Uh, but you know, Tate Rodemaker, it seems like too, he's, uh, practice machine a spring machine but when it comes into game time and getting thrown into the fire uh, it's not it's no bueno no things are connecting there but yeah that's a storyline that i'm keeping an eye on is that quarterback room yeah we saw last, we saw last in the spring game you know we, we'd heard decent things about rodemick and he comes out and throws what two interceptions norvell's just on him the, the entire game it, it'll be interesting to see if he's <laughs> taking any steps forward you know, not only throughout last season, but, you know, throughout this offseason, um, h- how does he make progress in these spring practices? And we'll see how he performs in the spring game, you know, a little over a month from now. But, you know, you're right, that, that backup spot's a little little shaky. You know, Travis isn't the most durable guy. Um, as much as we think he's the best guy for this team right now, he's still needs someone behind him in case something happens because something's probably going to happen. It's just the way we've seen it so far. Yeah, like you said, this is a, a huge storyline for Florida State and probably one of the biggest on the offense overall. Because as you mentioned, Austin, you know, Jordan Travis, he showed some signs of taking that next step 
last year um, during his redshirt sophomore season. But really the problem with his game is his durability a little bit. Missed a couple games last year, missed a couple games in 2020 due to injury. So, you know, if Jordan Travis was to go down at some point this season, would the coaching staff feel comfortable turning to Rodemaker or Duffy to take over? And it's kind of a complete unknown right now. Rodemaker hasn't really done much during his time on the field. We're not sure about Duffy. You know, he was highly rated coming out of that 2022 class, but it's always a little challenging to make that transition to the college level, especially as a quarterback, you know, with with the the offense and picking all of that stuff up, developing chemistry with your playmakers. It's it's a big question for Florida State. And hopefully over these 15 spring practices, they can start to figure it out if Rodemaker or Duffy can step up and be that guy and then carry it into the fall a little bit. I mentioned, too, when I was at practices, once Chuba, Chuba Purdy decided to enter the transfer portal and Rodemaker was put up in that depth chart to where he was getting a lot of QB2 practice time, he did develop and he he was getting better in that pocket. He felt a little bit more relaxed. And, you know, we only get to see a few hints of it during games. We got to see a little bit of it in, against Florida. But then you're working also with uh, three quarterbacks. I mean, you had Jordan Travis being the starter. Yeah, Milton there, Tate Rodemaker. I mean, kind of just uh, it sucks a little bit, but I did see some progression in Rodemaker, which is a good sign. But still, Florida State has got to find a good solid backup, definitely with college experience. And that's why we'll see, evaluate this spring and see how the transfer portal looks and see who might be out there for Florida State to grab because, you know, you also lose Kenny Dillingham, Tony Tokars, who we're hopeful to have on the show here soon this offseason. You know, young mind, still learning from Mike Norvell, too. And, you know, we're really going to see if how this quarterback room is impacted with Kenny Dillingham being gone, too, because during practices, he was very, very, very hands-on with these quarterbacks, very hands-on. So I'm really interested to see how that shift and coaching-wise, too, not just these players, but how the coaching affects uh, these these guys out there. Uh, then the next one for me I've written down is that wide receiver room. I mean, that's an easy one here to pick off of, but seems like Mike Norvell uh, wasn't so happy with this room last year and the production made. Uh, seems like he wasn't happy. Yeah, it just seems like he just didn't really like it. I feel, I feel like he made it a little obvious for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It seemed like uh, he made it obvious to everybody, not only us, but to the entire team too. Definitely that wide receiver room, maybe Ron Dugan's too. But this wide receiver room completely revamped. You're bringing in four transfer wide receivers, some that had started at previous stops. You've even got young guys coming in. You've got a guy that's six seven. feels like you've got another Greg Carr on the outside. You've got Micah Pittman, who has the experience. He's got the veteran kind of leadership he can bring mature-wise and something that Norvell really wanted in his locker room. Deuce Span got a speedy guy there uh, with some talent along with I mean, Winston Wright, who could arguably get a starting spot week one. So those are your transfers coming in. And, you know, you bring those guys in and you still got a good amount of room there uh, with some other veteran players. I mean, Keyshawn Helton has been there. You've got Joshua Burrell, who you're hoping is a full go, which uh, we'll see during spring. I think there will still be some limitations for him. But another guy I'm really excited about is Burrell and McLean. You know, I'm expecting to make some steps there so I could ramble on and stuff, but Jordan Young, 
Poitier. There's a lot of you forgot about Ontario Wilson and Ja'Kai Douglas. Ja'Kai Douglas. Oh, and uh, I was going, I was going, but I was starting to lose <laughs> oxygen in my lungs. I was, I was you, see, you, tell me. you still haven't gotten Darian Williamson. <laughs> like, yeah, there's a lot of <laughs> no. guys in that in that locker room in, in that position group. I wouldn't be surprised if you know after spring one or, one or two of these guys leaves, like a, maybe a Jordan Yon, who's been here a while, hasn't seen a lot of a lot of action. Um, there's there's certainly talent, you know, maybe not a lot of production right now. We'll we'll see how it breaks breaks out. We talked about it last week um, with, with the guys coming in, and obviously with with McLean and Wilson uh, and Helton coming back. And it's gonna be interesting to see how this room shakes out. See the guys that you know end up starting. Um, you, you would think one or two of these transfers would, would get that nod, but you know, we'll see how the chemistry breaks out with uh, Jordan Travis. Yeah, and I, I really do think at the minimum, Winston Wright and Micah Pittman are going to come in and make an impact immediately for Florida State out wide because they've both produced at prior stops. I know Pittman was a little limited by injury in his career so far, but as long as he can get back healthy. I think he's going to be a, a big tool for Florida State. Um, we'll see. We'll see about Spawn and Johnny Wilson. You know, they they both have interesting talent and potential, but I don't know if they're at that step right where they're going to be starters out of the gate. I do think they're going to be involved in the rotation. And then, I mean, t- to me, it's really this is the the year that Malik McLean is going to step up because I think I said it last week, but I don't think any of us expected him to have that big of a role as a true freshman when he began his career and just the signs that he showed throughout the season, he really started to blossom um, later on for Florida state. You think about that touchdown catch in the Boston college game, Florida state's got a lot of guys that can make plays in the red zone. You know, you've got Malik McLean, you've got Johnny Wilson spawn is six, five man, Darren Williamson, Poitier is tall as well. If, if those guys get involved in the rotation, so many long bodies, yeah. So many long bodies on the outside, and now some guys who have truly produced and have elite speed. It's only going to help Florida State and Jordan Travis as he tries to take that next step as a passer. It's probably going to be a heavy rotation group. Like there's going to be certain packages for certain guys. Like Wilson's probably mm-hmm. going to be used more in the red zone than anything, and Span's going to be used on trick plays probably more than anyone else. There's going to be packages for these guys, and I'm I'm really curious to see how they use them. Because there's a there's a lot of talent in this room for the first time since what 2015, 2016. Mm-hmm. Like it's been a while. Yeah, Stan's mentioning here on Facebook saying we finally have height in that room too. And not wrong. Florida State last couple of seasons, a little, little short there, but Johnny Wilson coming in obviously is a highlight there of almost could play some basketball VZ a tad bit there at six seven. And then looking at Malik McLean too. Uh, you almost got twin towers on both sides. Those guys, there's there's oh. six guys, six two or over. Like that's that's mm-hmm. a big receiver room. Portier, really big Portier. Receiver room. yeah, yeah. Portier, um, even still young man. I wish young uh, could click some things together, man. Because watching him at practice is great. He's sometimes wide receiver one in my book. Him and McLean are just fun guys to watch during practice and just making plays and one on one situations but man i, I wish young and, I, and you know like you said earlier vz some of these guys are going to leave this, this room is way too packed that's kind of the vibe i'm getting from the tight end room which we'll talk about but someone's leaving someone's leaving um and i don't think these transfers are coming in to want to come in and leave right away either i don't think that's going to be the plan in their minds so 
looking at a few of these guys that are no longer newcomers, guys that are veterans, may not be in Garnet Gold next season. I think Keyshawn Helen, I know a lot of people talking about him and him transferring, but I think the staff think really so. wants him. Yeah, I, I think the staff really wants him not only just for, you know, he, he, he can be reliable in game, but for that locker room, he yeah. brings a very big veteran presence, and that's something Norvell, we saw it. I mean, we, we saw it firsthand the first couple of months Norvell was here, that that locker room has to change, and he's doing that. Um, and he really wants Keyshawn Helton to be a part of this team. They just need to use him a little bit differently. I mean, we talked about it a lot last year where they just, for some reason, they made him the the deep jump ball guy at five foot six. I guess it's at five seven or five eight or whatever. He's he's five six. You know, they just need to use him a little bit better. And he's he's a solid receiver for what he is. Um, Mm -hmm. And and like Logan mentioned, they need him for his leadership and his his veteran presence. And you've got to remember, this guy went through a devastating. For one, he was he was barely ranked coming coming out of high school, and then instantly started getting into Florida State's rotation as a true freshman, which just shows how much he he worked his ass off. And then for two, he suffered a devastating knee injury a couple years, something that's really tough to uh, come back from. And now he's now he's a true two and a half, three years off that knee injury. Like you said, Logan, he brings a ton to Florida State's locker room, which is important in turning around the culture um, at FSU. And already this offseason, you know, you're seeing him put that work in. He's been one of the few guys so far to wear a black jersey during the tour of duty workouts. And I don't know. I think he's going to come back with a renewed focus and make an impact. Mm -hmm. Then the running back room, too. You're looking at losing Corbin, your lead rusher, the last two seasons. Not rusher, but you're out of that room. Your your lead guy, you're starting running back. And then now Treshawn Ward, who was, now his merch says it, which I love, king of the spring. Uh, the king of the spring is back. I'm excited to watch him being able to. That's when Dustin and I were like, oh, so what people were telling us before, like, that's actually real. Happening? <laughs> what is going on? This is the best player on the field. I thought that he won the spring overall. To me, there's a few other players uh, that were that were doing well too, and what we were hearing, and also being out those spring uh, scrimmages. Dulu, like Jamie, had a really good spring last season. Mm-hmm. Got to watch him, but you know, Trayshawn Ward, I can't wait for year two for him. His first official, really year two, and most likely taking that starting role there. And hearing some things about him, and just as a person now, he's destined to just zone everyone out and just key in on you know making you know crap happen. Just from what I've heard, and you know some things here and there and get some text. I like his mentality. I like it even more. And it makes sense. Dude came from as a walk-on and earned himself a scholarship. So you got Chayshon Ward and this other guy uh, with DJ Williams, who I thought kind of revamped. I'm going to say revamped like 80 more times on this show, but revamped his whole body. And now during practice, I was like, dang, that boy can move and is fast and shifty. And then you've got Trey Benson coming in from Oregon who I think is kind of like a wild card here. You don't know what to expect. You're hearing ups and downs about him. You know, I'm sure he's got a chip on his shoulder, but this room has got some question marks too. And in the spring, you you missed uh, uh, arguably the, I would say you missed baby nine, Lawrence Tofili, who, you know, we all really like, you know, he's got serious talent and he's made some serious plays. We saw it in the Clemson game this year. Um, just knows how to make plays. Um, I want to see how he does with another offseason w- with Storms. You know, maybe puts on a little bit more muscle. 
Um, but I, I still really like this room. I, I know you lose Corbin, but it's, I still really like this room. You have Treshawn Ward, who was really productive last season, um, was at one point one of the highest graded running backs in college football. You have DJ Williams, so I, I'm a big fan of Big Bruiser, but he's got good speed to him as well, as Logan mentioned. And obviously, you have Toa Field. I, I really like those three guys. Yeah, I mean, there's there's talent, but there's just not a lot of proven production at this point. So really the biggest question is, can these guys step into the role and replace what Ja'Shawn Corbin was able to do a year ago? Because, yeah, Treshawn Ward, pretty solid in his um, secondary role to Ja'Shawn Corbin, but does he have what it takes to step up and be the primary ball carrier? Can Toa Philly – like you said, Austin, can he improve his frame some more in the strength and conditioning program? And can he stay healthy? Because that, that was a question mark last season, missed a couple games, got hurt against Clemson and kind of in and out of the lineup. And then same thing with DJ Williams, second year in the system. Can he assert himself and start getting back into being a productive back like he was early in his career at Auburn? Because he showed some flashes. Um, we were impressed by him in practice. He scored a touchdown, I believe it was against um, UMass. And there's definitely some tools there. You know, who knows? Maybe he can step up and, and even be the starter at some point. You guys mentioned Trey Benson. Apparently, he was timed at a 4-3-40 recently. If that's true, I'm, I'm very interested in seeing what he can do. <laughs> if it's true, that's allegedly. That's allegedly. Rodney Hill as well, coming in, a guy that can help you not only in the backfield, but as a receiver as well. I've heard very good things about Rodney Hill. And he also in even, the Discord, but in the Discord, they also have to factor in Ja'Kai Douglas, who's probably going to get some action back there too. Yeah, he's going to be switched around quite a bit. But Hill, so, uh, one of the names I was given this week of a guy as a newcomer coming in and pressing very early on, I'd be slept on a little bit too. So there's a lot of gadget players. There's now, now well, we haven't even on. mentioned the fastest guy on the team and Corey Wren. I mean, does Corey mm -hmm. does the light finally turn on for Corey Wren, and is he able to make some sort of impact in that backfield, or he's, does he's he continue to hold that special teams role? He's got to get healthy first. It seems like he's always hurt. You know, it's a groin issue, a hamstring issue. He's he's got to get healthy. Yeah, that's yeah. the worst part about being a, a small athlete. You know, sometimes you can pick up those lingering injuries, and it's just tough to get back. Did you ever have a problem being a, a small athlete? That's no, but I had a lot of injuries. Same. <laughs> Same. So I can relate to Corey Wren on one level. Yeah, but not maybe the speed-wise. I don't think. Well, I mean, I think I think I might be able to – if he jogged it, you know, I might be able to keep pace. <laughs> and you had like a gun behind your head. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry, I got a little too descriptive there, but I was just trying to say – it's a little messed up. But then what do you say, Austin, if they, if they had like a running wire with Whataburger on it that Dustin would – Yeah, who would improve his 40 time by like half a second? I think that's a guarantee. That's what we were talking about last episode. We were talking about ways yeah. to get my 40 faster than Rich Eisen. Mm -hmm. We're coming Nate, up with creative creative ideas. Nate's Nate's sick, so he's not on here, but he's definitely going to make sure that he comments and make sure he gets his presence and Nolan. He said wide receiver wide receivers running the right route, right route will help the offense. And he said he's six, so he's not. Nate is providing analysis from the comment section, so make sure to. Tune really, in. what sorry, it is? Sorry, podcast listeners. Really, what it is is Nate finally got a pair of shoes from my store, and he's satisfied and doesn't need anything else in his life. So now he he's gone. I don't, did he even post those on Twitter? I don't think so. He just made wow. fun of him. He just made fun of him in our group chat, saying he didn't get the <laughs> shoes when I was the one that packed the box. I know he got it. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my goodness gracious yeah no nate hope you feel better uh, but we'll hold it down tonight everything's going smooth right now i gotta say it's a little bit smoother than sometimes you're on here so uh we'll just keep moving along as we are let's move into offensive line before we start breaking down some other things offensive line newcomers and position changes don't really need deep into this because we'll talk about the depth chart but you got some Caden lyles coming in who might be able to can, will probably be com- com- competing there to take that starting job for marie smith at center um mm-hmm. you still got dylan gibbons there you bring back four out of five if i'm yep. correct d lou uh robert you are Scott. correct mm-hmm. this offensive line group we talked about in the production meeting and it kind of shocked us all that this might be one of the strongest groups on the offense like it has competition to be one and two there uh on the offensive side of the ball this year which is great and you know you look at atkins and what he's done and some of the new guys newcomers coming in uh, you've already got you got some big boys you got charlton who i know you were close with delu during his recruitment big boy working on his body this off season um daughtry richardson too who i thought was a great newcomer interview you know florida state and, and what norvell is trying to do and atkins on that offensive line is needs to be heard and you know this is a big spring for some of these guys yeah, I don't. I don't think it's crazy to to say that the offensive line is maybe one of the strongest position groups on the entire offense um, heading into spring. I mean, you know, like you said, four out of five starters are back. You bring in two transfers who have been been quality players elsewhere, and bless Harris and Lyles. I think with Lyles, the biggest thing is if he can be healthy from those injuries that he suffered at Wisconsin early in his career, and if so then he's a solid a solid starter right there at center. I think that gives the flexibility to, you know, Marie Smith be the backup at center, but also maybe he can flex out over to guard and start at right guard or something like that. But so you've got your four starters back, those two guys, and then you've got the young guys behind them, like Zane Herring and all those guys. Um, yeah, Schrader, who has both started in their career. Estes. Mm-hmm. Um, or Lloyd, or Lloyd, man. I mean, we'll probably get to in the depth chart and other things, but Lloyd Willis and Rod Ora, I'm expecting to see some developments there. I want to see those two guys. Looking at them at practice, they've got the physical attributes and everything, but you know they spent a year learning the system, and there'll be a really competitive spring for them. And you know, competing on that depth chart, but I want to see some strides being made there because those are two guys coming in had some some good respect and talented offensive linemen yeah like I'm, still, you said. I'm still a little bit worried about the depth you know i'm worried mm-hmm. if a guy or two goes down like there's not much experience if like let's say darius washington goes down or robert scott goes down i'm, I'm still worried if about the depth behind them but at least there's bodies we've had bodies that they haven't had in the past which is you know something and i trust atkins to get these guys built up more than anything yeah, I think the biggest thing is keeping those guys behind the starters healthy. And, I mean, keeping the starters healthy, too. You know, we saw the offensive line struggled last year with guys in and out of the lineup every single week. But even the reserves behind them, I mean, Thomas Schrader, Zane Herring, those guys have been banged up um, earlier in their early in their careers at Florida State. And they haven't been able to contribute um, as much as the coaches would have liked them to at this point due to that, even though both of them had started. So, I mean, you can tell – that they're talented players. It just comes with being healthy. And like when you mentioned Willis and Orr, those guys, it, it comes with development, um, getting the playbook down and everything. Same with Estes. And we'll see what Daughtry Richardson and Kanaya Charlton are 
are able to do. You know, offensive line is the toughest position. I think probably offensive line and quarterback are probably the two toughest positions to have a true freshman come in and start immediately, particularly on the offensive line, because those guys don't have their bodies built up in a college strength and conditioning program um, like like other guys do. So I'm not expecting much from them except to continue improving, continue developing, and just show show some signs for what they're going to do throughout their careers at Florida State. Yep, I know we didn't get to see a lot of Schrader. Nate's putting it in the comments, but didn't get to see Schrader due to injury. And, you know, and there was a lot of uh, talk about him coming in and getting some early uh, playing time, not immediately, but there was a lot of good talk and talent whenever he was in coming to Florida State. Um, what is Nate? Nate wants us to pull up every comment that he has. Jesus. Look at this. Needs all the attention. He's sending the selfies, too. I should bring up the selfie. Can you type more in the comments so there's more detail? Yeah, we on can't. The we're gonna well, what's, what's the type of comments? Doesn't want to be on the podcast. Make it make sense. Like, what are we? What are we Need doing? More than three words in that comment. <laughs> yeah. So, offensive line. I'm really excited for Kane Lyles. I also threw that into the Discord today. Some nugget there that he's really turned into a leader for some of these younger guys and being being a mentor. So, and he's. Supposedly been pretty impressive too, physical. He's he's physical he's a wise. Big dude. That's a big guy. <laughs> Which that's a big, that's a good thing for Marie Smith to to learn from. You know, see a guy like Lyles. That's one thing Smith needs more than anything: is put on weight, put on strength. Mm-hmm. Yep. And stay healthy too. It was one thing, and so that's the whole offensive line. Stay healthy. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel like all throughout the last season, every guy was dinged up pretty early on, and even starting the, after the Notre Dame game. Wasn't uh wasn't Gibbons and Gibbons and Smith both got was, hurt in the Notre Dame game. Yep, yep. And then you had Robert Scott dealing with that leg injury. I don't know if y'all remember his performance against Louisville, but I mean the dude couldn't move and he was just giving up sack after sack because he was fighting to be out there, but I mean he was just so limited. Hmm. And that was the problem with the offensive line throughout the season. I mean, just you never really got to have that consistent five out there because someone was already banged up. I mean, just just every freaking week. But that's why it's good this year. You're going into spring football with 13 scholarship offensive linemen, and by the fall, you'll have 16 scholarship offensive linemen if you don't add any more transfers. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, this whole offensive line, I can't wait. And definitely, once spring is over and camp begins in the summer, I uh, bring in a few other guys. If Woody's able to arrive, you've got Armella coming in, Sap, who I'm. We had him on the pod and was extremely impressive as a young guy. Noel blooded. I, this offensive line, man, it's going to be fun to watch. And it's all because of Atkins. It's all because of Atkins. You know, Norvell is, is impressive and is recruiting efforts, but Atkins is Atkins. And he's been able to bring in this talent, which is going to be fun. I'm not, I'm in shock that I'm actually really excited about seeing an offensive line uh, class coming in. I'm probably one of my top rooms that i'll be looking forward to watching yeah and if i'm correct i believe florida state they only have two seniors on the offensive line right now so i mean this group is just you got to think throughout their careers at florida state going to continue to get better and better and hopefully atkins sticks around for it pay him gotta pay him pay Pay him him maybe eight million dollars 
Well, someone I, said someone in the comments earlier said name him the head coach in waiting, which I thought was an interesting comment since Mike Norvell is like 39. <laughs> He'd be waiting for a while. The head coach. Yeah, waiting. he said name name Atkins as head coach in waiting. He'd be waiting for a long time. He'd be here like Odell. I mean, Odell never wanted to be a head coach, but not really. But uh, I don't think that's uh, going to happen. Atkins is going to be a head coach and sooner than later. Uh, this is, uh, here's Nate live. Look at that there for everybody. So you can see what he's going through right now. Emperor Nate uh, Patine live in action. What is that? Yeah, Looks like a sickly Darth Vader. <laughs> <laughs> a sick Darth Vader. I don't know. <laughs> it's Darth Vader without the helmet is what that is. Yeah. No, Nate is struggling tonight. So that's why he's not on here with us. But he's in the com- trust me, he's here with us. He's in the comments. He's making sure that's known. He's about now 70% of our comments. So I need him to join good. and then write messages on like a whiteboard and then hold it up. <laughs> yeah, that's what we need. But uh yeah, so that practically wraps up. I would put in here just to talk about a year two guys. I think there's a lot on the defensive side more than maybe there is offense because we got to see, I don't even want to give away my names for next week. I got some good names for year two. So, but offensively, maybe who are some year two guys that we maybe should keep an eye on for this spring. I mean, one of the names I can start us off, probably definitely McLean. That might be an easy, (laughs) easy pick there for me. (laughs) Not like we're picking anything, but just to discuss McLean, definitely probably high, if not number one on that offense for next season. Um. Yeah, I mean, there's not a, a ton of second year guys. You know, we yeah, me- we mentioned two of them. Yeah, a couple minutes ago, Rodor and Bryson Estes. You know, hopefully they can step up and start to make some contributions. Somehow get into that that rotation. And then, I mean, outside of that, I think it's got to be Jackson West in that tight end room. You're going to need someone to step up opposite um, of Cameron McDonald with Jordan Wilson graduating, and he's got the talent to be that guy. And you, you could also consider DJ Williams. I know it's not his second year in college, but it's second year at FSU. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, that someone in that running back room needs to step up for some depth. I think that's a good name to throw out there. I don't think anybody on that offensive line. I mean, we named a few of them. Earlier. Sure, I said two of them. Yeah. Dylan Gibbons. I guess he's going into a second year technically, and I mean you're yeah. gonna you're gonna look to him to be one of the leaders of that offensive line this year, and hopefully be one of the the stalwarts as far as staying healthy as well. Because when he was in, Florida State was really good. Yeah, I mean when that whole front five was in. Hmm. I was uh, I'm here too. Strongest and weakest group on the offense strongest and weakest group heading into the spring. I'll start us off. Strongest, I'll go running back. Weakest, I'll go tight end. Okay. I think it's it's close between – if we're going weakest, I think it's between tight end and nah. – Tight end's weakest. Probably tight end, yeah. <laughs> tight end's weakest. I was going to say I was – Thinking of so some after, names, and I'm like, McDonald's, damn, there's actually a lot more running backs yeah. than I thought. After McDonald, it's just like there's there's no no experience. You lose Wilson. Yeah, you, you lose Who Wilson, was clicking who was, in that second half of the season. He was such a great blocker. 
I mean, just phenomenal blocker. And Down they were using him so too. many different ways. They're, he was great in the counters where they bring him up the middle. Um, as like kind of like a fullback. He, I thought he was great. To, it, they're going to have to find someone to fill that role. But, you know, who knows? Besides that, it's been, you know, trick plays to Preston Daniel and things like that. So we'll see how it breaks out. But I, I think that's by far the weakest position group. Because even as talented as we all think Cam is, he doesn't have that much production. Right. No, I agree with that. Yeah, that tight end room is rough right now. Preston Daniel behind Cameron McDonald along with Rector. You've got Wyatt Rector, Kobe Gross, West Jackson, is... Jackson West, Marcus. Mm, maybe that's – oh, wait, wait. Maybe I'm going backwards now. Maybe I'm going backwards. I'm going back uh, to your two guys that I'm looking to see make a jump. And maybe Jackson West. We heard a lot of – I literally said Jackson West. Dustin did well, say Jackson West. Damn it. God. Listen. Listen when I'm uh, speaking, man. I'm over here you, trying you to put – me last week. Like, I know. I'm trying to put did, away, bro. I'm trying to read all of these comments from Nate. I'm looking over here at different kind of things. I'm like, God dang it! But yeah, Jackson. Let me add that to my list right there. I mean, if there was a capable quarter, a capable backup quarterback in the room, I would, I would say quarterbacks probably your strongest with what I expect Florida State to get out of Jordan Travis um, in 2022. But I mean, it's tough to it's tough to pick one. What's the strongest? Right Come on, you got to do it. Come on, for all the listeners, the thousands and thousands that are listening, they they want to hear it from you. It's like I get why Austin went with running back, but there's just not as much production there as there is in the quarterback room. Yeah, but after Travis, mm-hmm. there's Tate Rodemaker and a true freshman and Geno English, who's well, I mean, you know, we all put our hands together and and pray and <laughs> big, hope, big he, hope he slides some more. Big healthy prayer circle. Just give Jordan, give Jordan Travis my legs. Nate's saying the no weakest. Nate is saying the weakest room on the offense is the wide receiver room. Wow, bold statement there. I don't, I don't think I agree I with that. It's, mm-hmm. it's not that crazy. I mean, because I mean, there's no production really. I mean, I should say there's no production. There's not that much proven production. Um, but I think there's a lot more talent than there's been in years past. I think too with the upside of Jordan Travis too developing as a passer, we saw that last year too. But then again, you could say, well, that wide receiver room wasn't so great either. So I mean, I don't know. I, I think the wide receiver room has talent coming in, and I think it's kind of put more of a competitive energy into there, which it needed badly. And you brought some height too, so I, I wouldn't say it's the weakest for me. I definitely think it's still a tight end because once again, you have Karen McDonald there. Like y'all mentioned, the production-wise isn't so fantastic, whereas I think that it should be. I think he's gifted and is talented, but you lose a blocker with Wilson, and those losing a guy like that is rough. And so you got to hope that you know Preston Daniel steps up, walk-on guy, along with either a Rector or Jackson West, Marcus and Douglas. So that rim is another big boy one that – uh Kobe Gross, too, also in that tight end room. Who we, don't, we didn't get to see a lot of last year, but still a very young tight end mm-hmm. coming in. It's another big room, which Coach Thompson has a lot of work to do. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing. You know, five five of the seven scholarship players are redshirt sophomores or, or younger. So it's just a lot of young bodies. And we're going to see who steps up. I do, I do think Preston Daniel – I don't have him listed with the scholarship guys, obviously, but I think Preston Daniel is going to continue to 
have a role in that offense, and he might even be the guy to step in to Jordan Wilson's role as the blocking tight end. So we'll just have to see. I know the staff likes Brian Courtney a lot, true freshman coming in, a guy who played all over um, the ball in high school. They really like his his versatility, and they think they can move him around to to different positions at in that offense, you know, tight end, H-back, things like that to get him looks. What what is going on? Uh, yeah, now we got to mute you because I don't know what's going on in the background. You watching TV? <laughs> yeah, he's watching TV and commenting on there, but I got to wait to unmute him. Can you pull that tissue out? <laughs> the world right, is going just, on. Why'd just, you do this? Just, just boot him. <laughs> why'd you do this? What's your one thing you got to say? No clue. No clue. Okay. All right. Dog, listen. <laughs> listen. Y'all interfering in my in my just Jesse time. You good, bro? You need some water. Now I'm fucked up, bro. I I took two COVID tests today. They're both negative, thank God. Well, I don't know what you have, Darth Vader, but you gotta fix that. You gotta fix your face. <laughs> just kick it though he's gone. Did you kick him or did he leave? You don't know what you're gonna get from production wise. No, we just kick him again. What what does that even mean? What is that mine? What do you mean? What do, what do you mean what I mean? Production wise from who? Like they they were god awful last year. And wide receivers? receivers? Yes. They were god awful last year, and how do you know they're gonna be that much better? You know, there's a lot of hope, yeah, but for me coming into spring, there it's the weakest spring. position. <laughs> Mike Tyson on the podcast. Spring. Yeah, I'm fucked up, dude. We're gonna we're gonna let you get some rest. I like that you're in the comments. This is nice. You get some rest. Oh, don't worry about it. You need to get better for next weekend. So, so what, what's what's the hope for the tight ends then, Nate? I, I put my comment in there. I, I think that uh, tied in wise, it's going to be uh, Cam McDonald. And I agree that Jackson West, I think that he's going to, you know, he's one of my second year guys to watch for. And and uh, Kobe Gross for Heisman. Kobe Gross for Heisman. And uh, Nate uh, stands in here saying that you sound like Coach O. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but the, the the reason why I came on, hey, Austin, those kicks are fresh, man. I appreciate it. You're, you're good. Appreciate you. Yeah. Austin I finally I got they were in the, the box. I found them. Uh, <laughs> they're in a different package. Oh, say, go, say go Tigers. Go Tigers. <laughs> oh, that is spot on. <laughs> go Tigers. Oh my god. All right, Nate. Get some rest. We'll hold it down. We only got a few more minutes of this. God knows. We'll see you next weekend. Oh, well, there goes Nate. Good to have him hop on there just for a little bit. As always, that was great. That's how it should be, actually, honestly. <laughs> I think it should just be 10 minutes of Nate coming in. Do a quick pop in. God, I'm crying. A little pop in. That was great. Bro. <laughs> oh, Lordy, Lordy Day. Um Okay, let's get a, uh, this depth chart real quick. Let's start off with quarterback. 
Obviously, number one and two is most likely going to be Jordan Travis and Tay Rodemaker. The storyline, like earlier, can AJ Duffy move up there and take that QB2 spot? But I don't see that happening this spring, but it will be good to see him in person and stuff. But QB1, QB2, I think is kind of set in stone. So is QB3 set in stone? I don't know. We got to watch the uh, the Geno English versus the Duffy competition. It could be something to watch out for. You I love you some Geno English now. Do I? <laughs> what, the, <laughs> what is going on? Yes, bipolar. <laughs> yes, you did. You talked about him all last spring. Definitely during the scrimmages. Like, oh my god, here comes Geno English. Oh man, I think yeah, because he was the only walk-on quarterback. I was like, let's see if this guy can do something. I think every everyone is always a fan of the walk-on quarterback because if he does anything good, they're like, well, that guy's a walk-on, and look at look at him. So <laughs> look what he of can. Of course, do. that's how I feel. Being a walk-on's a win-win. You know, if, if you go out there and, and definitely at Florida State would play. Probably. You know, if you go out there and play, you get some production. Be like, oh my god, he's a walk-on. Mm-hmm. He goes out there and sucks. Well, yeah, he's a walk-on. Yeah. So that's a quarterback room. Over to running back, RB1, RB2, RB3. What do we got? What are we feeling, D'Lu? What do we got here? Well, Treshawn Ward is number one, obviously. Yeah. He's probably going to have 1,000 yards this spring. <laughs> oh, it could happen. <laughs> he is the king of spring. He makes, it makes no sense. Like he was, he was legitimately unstoppable last year whenever we were out there. Um, Behind him, I don't know. I've heard I've had I've heard some talk on DJ Williams a little bit, and there's some people who I talk to that have really been kind of hyping him up. So I think DJ Williams is going to step up and, and be a productive back for Florida State this year with Toa Philly right there in the mix, right either kind of equal with him or, or right there behind him. I think that's really going to be your three that that take the bulk. Um, of the carries. And I mean, we all know how Mike Norvell runs that running back room. It doesn't matter who starts. It matters who finishes. And really that comes down to who's the hot runner during that game. You know, these carries are going to be distributed pretty evenly. And I I wouldn't be surprised to see even less disparity um, than we saw between uh, Corbin and Ward last year, moving into this year. I think it'll be more of an equal split between guys. I think I would have Tofu as 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 RB two. I just think he's a little bit better as a receiver out of the backfield. I think that's something Norvell really likes out of his running backs. Um, I mean, go back to that Clemson game. He had that great catch up the sideline. I think they they want to use him on wheel routes a little bit more. Um, but I, I mean, I've I've made it known I, I like DJ Williams. So I wouldn't be surprised either way. Really, oh, voice crack. Yeah. Wow. Holy. Either shit. way. <laughs> I've been trying to clear my throat eight. off mic for like two minutes. It didn't work. You got to mute your mic and then clear it. That's what I do. Trust me, I was trying. Like, I don't mute it through the camera. I mute it. My actual mic. Mm. <laughs> yeah, work. me too, bro. It's one little button. Bang, bang. <laughs> uh, here's a question here from Gavin. Asking Winston Wright or Micah Pittman, who's going to be better out of these two? Oh, we love these. We love these before we even get to see them in person. I know, right? Like, what, <laughs> what do you want me to do? I haven't had one practice. We got we to nope. decide right now. Now, Gavin... When we're completely wrong, you can't clip this, please. Can't clip it. Um, ooh, that, that's a good one though. I like this. I like this. Uh, give me, give me right. Give me right. Just because he's been more, he's been more of a proven 
producer throughout his career to this point? Ooh, uh, for I'm just trying to make this just even like harder yeah, than it should it, be. I'm making it harder than it should be because I'm trying to think. What about Micah Pittman though? Because he used a lot in special teams. Like, could I really win this argument or anything? So I, Winston Wright could damn well be a kick returner, a punt returner as well. The the, mm-hmm. the real correct answer is Dustin Hill. Oh wow! Don't bring this up now. This whole chat is just going to be filled with Dustin Hill. Question. It already is. It? it already is. Like, just it, put it, it out is, there before the question. Every every episode. Yeah, yeah. Destin Hill. We're waiting until August, um, around fall camp time, summer summer camp. That's <laughs> what we're hoping, right? Summer camp. Hoping so, but yeah, I'd go with right too. Uh, for that question, next one up is what are we at? Wide receivers, starting wide receiver room. You're given three. Uh, yeah, we could. We could do like slot, and then two outsides. I don't know. No, I'll just I'll just say three: McLean, Ontario Wilson, and Winston Wright. Logan doesn't seem happy. No, I'm trying to see if Dustin was going to say anything before I did. Just thinking. I like yeah, McLean. McLean will be in there. That's easy one there. I like McLean and Wright. I think Ontario Wilson is debatable because just, you know, Michael has, Pittman. When he had the production, I, it's, it's, it's the it's the knowledge of the system. I think that's gonna. I'm not mm-hmm. gonna say he's gonna start all season, but you know, I, th- I think throughout spring, yeah, throughout spring, and maybe the first couple games, I, I think he's gonna be at least one of the first three receivers out there. I can see the argument behind that because obviously Ontario Wilson and Helton are going into that third year now under uh, Mike Norvell McLean going into year two. So I could see where they have more system familiarity, you know, going into the spring and those 15 practices. And, but really, and, I, I think you, the you most important is a starter too. I'm sorry to inter- interrupt, but you could also, nah, you're good. Helton, but I, I just didn't want to put Helton and Wright as starters when they're both, you know, shorter than five ten. Mm-hmm. No, it makes sense. Why is that funny? Uh, no, I'm not laughing. Yeah, I'm he's laughing, laughing at, at what Nate's putting in here. Yeah, I'm just, I'm, this is what happens. I'm just getting distracted. I shouldn't be distracted. But you no, know, this whole wide receiver, it's a, it's a good discussion because, I mean, this wide receiver room is loaded everywhere. And, you know, you've got veterans who produce, like on Terry Wilson, who had production last season and the season before. And out of nowhere, could he just be put to the side and now a transfer takes his spot? I mean, regardless of who starts, I really think you're going to have that top eight of the four transfer guys coming in, and then Ontario Wilson, Keyshawn Helton, Ja'Kai Douglas, and McLean um, returning. And I mean, those eight, you know, that, that's a solid little core right I, there. I, I still think Williamson gets in a little bit. I mean, he, he showed some flashes last year. Uh, I, I feel like we shouldn't write him off. Um, there's a lot of bodies in there. It's going to be interesting to see how it, spent, how it pans out. I, I I wouldn't be surprised if Span doesn't get that much action this first year as he tries to learn a new position. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, it's it's really all up for grabs. Yeah, for Deuce. Well, I guess we'll just have to see how it spans out. Please shut up. I'm begging. Thought that was pretty good. <laughs> I thought that was fantastic, actually. What I'll, you be, I'll be using is, that for the next couple of years. Too, what you need to do is turn your camera off and turn and just 
just push the chair back just unplug the computer <laughs> golly you want me to hit my head on the like kill myself Jesus. no i'm just saying just like just back away just back away back up <laughs> well yeah so that wide receiver room it's gonna be that sign me up i can't wait to go there and watch and see who's who's making strides and i would i would like to see a veteran kind of say screw off i don't give a damn transfer I'm, I'm gonna hold my spot so we'll see there's talent there tight end we called it the weakest link on this offense it's Cam mcdonald like <laughs> it's Cam yeah. mcdonald than everyone else <laughs> pass catching blocking press and daniel marcus and douglas i don't think he's gonna no contribute well not like starting duh no but block analyzed I, I don't think he's going to contribute no personally that's just my opinion but i mean there, there's always really, one guy that comes out of nowhere it's not going to be him um Whoa. but damn cameron <laughs> cameron mcdonald solid starter and really it comes down to can preston daniel as a walk-on handle a bigger role for florida state can jackson west in his sophomore season step up and be that flex tight end, be a guy who can not only help Florida State in the passing game, but also as a blocker because he does have that capability. It's just, is he ready to do it right now as a sophomore after being limited last spring with some injuries and playing a a reserve role as a true freshman? So it's going to be on him to step up. And can one of those true freshmen come in? Jarrell Powers, we, we mentioned Courtney. He's already on campus right now. Can one of them have an impact in that room immediately. And then you've got uh, Wyatt Rector, Kobe Gross as well. Will one of them be able to step up? Obviously, Rector, a former quarterback. Who knows? I mean, that the room is just a giant unknown right now outside yeah, I think, of camp. I feel, like that's a, I feel like that's another room where someone's going to leave after spring. I, I think there's, so there's too. just too many bodies. Someone's leaving. But I'll go Cam McDonald for, for going into the spring. McDonald, Preston Daniel, and I think they'll have Rector number three right now because he was still yeah. he was still playing a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I do think Jackson West breaks into that lineup by the end of the spring. Mm-hmm. Uh, Johnny Buckets is asking Ontario Wilson or Helton. Who would you want instead? I'd go right now for me, Wilson. Wilson. Yeah, it's got to be Wilson. And then this last group that we got to go through is offensive line. Offensive line got a lot of transfers that it will be here competing in the spring during this camp. Um, you got bringing back four out of five of your starters too. And one of them may not be starting. Yeah, one of them might not be starting too. Which we can start off, maybe start off at center here. Do we want to take a guess at why would we start off at center? Because I think it's fun to do that. Then we go to like the left, and then we jump all the it's way to the right. It really, it really bothers me. Does that ruin your right? Like, does it, that hurt you? Make your brain hurt really, even more. We're hurting Dustin's brain. <laughs> and Austin, this is how many? It's just months? frustrating because I'm. It hurts his. I, brain, I, so. I get his. I hit. I get his gripe. To be fair, like, but it shouldn't. Why be start too. in the middle? Like, do, oh. do you start with? Do you start with the center when you're announcing basketball lineups? No. Okay, well, don't bring up basketball in here. I'm just saying. You, I, you would, never, I, wouldn't, never, I would not even know the that. Man in the middle. You never start what? the man in the middle. This never happens. Well, the coach is last. 
What does that have to do? I don't. With I don't know. I don't know. Again, turn your camera off. Back away, please. <laughs> I'm begging. I can back up and bring this with me. No, actually, leave the mic. I can lean back here and just chill leave out. The mic. So, um, let's start from left to right, gentlemen. Like the Cupid Shuffle. Who's That's at left tackle? Before. Who's starting at left tackle? The spring. Dino English. Get the <laughs> out of here. Okay, now he needs to leave, but he will actually leave. So <laughs> you can't leave. I got Robert Scott. Yeah, we said the easy answer is Robert Scott. Scott. Scott had a, had a nice uh, season last year. Impressed. Yeah. Starting to get some uh, I'll, 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 on, the, on the, the board, on the NFL boards. People a, are good, a good second half of the season. You know, we, we mentioned earlier he struggled with injuries a little bit. Um, once he got healthy, he was pretty solid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was gonna, like you said, outside of those injuries, pretty good sophomore season from him, and you would hope he only continues to improve uh, moving into his third year. Thank you. Well, no one cares. Yeah. No one cares what, what Johnny Buckets thinks. All right. Okay, I was about to say the podcast listener is like, damn, Dustin's mean. <laughs> but yeah, Johnny Buckets on the stream here said I would start with center two, and you're completely get your right. life together. Damn, Jesus! Well, Michael's <laughs> saying Destin Hill's at left tackle, so he, he's I think still I'm, I'm going to put him at right guard. But oh, yeah. yeah, he got to it before I did. See if he's bulked up with raging, raging Cajun food down there in Louisiana. A little too much jambalaya for Destin. That's what he's been doing. Doing a lot of cooking over there, but uh, yeah. So that was left tackle. Let's move into left guard. Gibbons, Dylan Gibbons, Dylan Gibbles, uh, center. Lyles, I think Lyles too for me. I think Caden Lyles overtakes Marie Smith. Yep. Due to what we mentioned earlier with the with the uh, Marie Smith's frame and everything, it's just been tough for whatever reason. You know, some guys just struggle to gain weight, and we've kind of seen the same thing with Lawrence Toa Philly and their running back room. Those two guys have just struggled to bulk up, <clears throat> bulk up for whatever reason. Uh, then over to right guard for four states offensive line. Could it be? Could could Washington be moved on the inside here? I'm going to go Darius Washington. I, it- that's probably what's going to happen. I'm not the biggest fan of it because I thought he was arguably FSU's best lineman last year at right tackle. Um, he made some serious strides down the stretch last season, and I, mm-hmm. I feel like he's best at right tackle. Um, but I, I think that's what happens is he's going to slide into guard. And then, not to spoil it, but you have Bless Harris start at right tackle. And honestly, I think Bless Harris and Washington could almost be interchangeable. I think yeah. either one of them could play that right guard spot that's and either part. one could play the right tackle spot. So however it shakes out during spring, that might be something they're looking at, which one is a better fit at tackle and which one's a better fit inside. And that, that's something that's to be figured out. And it also depends how they book up over spring. You know, right now Harris is listed at 315. Washington is listed at 295. You know, I think that's going to play a little bit of a factor too. Yep. It's gonna be some combination of those five guys. That, that, that it's gonna be some combination of those five guys. How that how really how Washington and Harris shake out is gonna be the biggest thing. A lot of guys were shuffled around anyways last season, so they kind of are getting some playing time in spots that they didn't come in as freshmen already playing in. So that's just kind of how it was last year. It was a revolving door of oh, oh, we gotta put you here, buddy. And it'd be away games and Coach Atkins and Mike talked about it <clears throat> after games, you know. I remember Atkins after a practice saying, man, we didn't have any plans of putting 
him over here and him over here and him over here. We had no plans of doing that, but that's just had what we had to work with uh, one game. So Florida State, you know, that offensive line, uh, we'll see who can be moved around. But bless Harris, a lot, there's some a lot of positives talked about him too since his arrival to Florida State. So we'll see some big-sized guys, some big-sized guys coming in. Other than that, I think that wraps up projecting the depth chart for the end of, well, at least heading into spring, but what we think will be going into the spring game. So don't uh, clip all this whenever we're completely wrong and don't post it on Twitter. But if you do, make sure you tag us so we can get some followers. (laughs) Speaking of what won't get us followers and maybe lose our viewers is Florida State basketball. Florida State basketball is once again having a rough time. Um, I'm yeah, they're having a rough time. That's all I can say. Austin's holding on by a thread. At least VZ did go get to cover a game <clears throat> right on the court. Practically, I saw you on TV. Put you on the IG story, um, which no one uh, could tell. I I, I know. I, I don't know That's why. The worst camera quality I've ever seen was you tagging me in no, no game days. Instagram the quality story. wasn't bad. It was the video. Like whenever it's no, that, it was terrible. It's the TV. It's the TV. It's bad. It's like blue. It makes it look awful, like a blue tint on it. But yeah, that's Austin got to go cover the Duke basketball game. The NG sleeve, Nike sleeve. I mean, I can't lie. It's kind of smooth. It did. Sh- it did show out a little bit. I, I, I wish you know you have the logo like right here. I wish it was like you know a little bit little lower, natural, yeah. like on the chest. Yeah, I can't that. do it all. I can't do and it I, all. I, I wish it was a large instead of an extra large. Yeah, you got to get pumping some iron, man. Yeah. You or you just send thing. me the right size shirt. You know, well, your polo is the right size. Your polo is the right so. size. I, I promise so. you. But uh, yeah, Florida State basketball, uh, almost done with the season. That's sadly what I have to say. <laughs> Three more games and an ACC tournament game, and we're out of here. We are almost the end. We can see the light in the tunnel. God, this is so sad. I'm I'm so depressed. <laughs> it's, it's, it's been a it's been a long season, really long season. Um, the the Duke game for for anyone that's not been to Cameron Indoor, that's that's a special environment. Like that that's just it's one of those places you have to find a way in. I mean, I I know it's expensive. Look, I've been blessed to go three times, and I haven't paid for a ticket once. Um. It's just, it's just a special, uh, flex. Special Odd flex. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just go ahead and flex it. It's just a special atmosphere. And it was so different this time, you know, basically sitting in the student section is essentially what you're doing. When you go as a media member, you're basically in the student section. Um, you know, it's a little weird that they bow to Coach K every time he's on the floor. I think that's a little weird. <laughs> um, but other, weird. Than, other than that, you know, it, it, it's a really fun atmosphere. It's loud consistently. Um I, I was almost deaf at halftime. <laughs> Thankfully, um, you know, the, the second half didn't have that much action. It was a pretty back and forth first half, though. I'm, I'm ignoring what my nameplate says. Um. <laughs> first half was actually interesting because Florida State, they were hitting some shots that they don't normally hit. Uh, Tenoringam yeah, knocked down some threes. Wyatt was hitting some some contested shots. threes. Um, Jalen Morley yeah. was fantastic, I thought. It wasn't Go just ahead. threes for Y Wilkes. You know, he had that really nice layup too. Mm-hmm. Um, on driving left, I'm like, what is happening? I, I don't know if anyone follows me on Instagram, but I, my caption for the post after the game was shout out to the the Duke student told me my writing sucked. At one point in the game, you know, in, in my three game changing plays article, I'd put Tenor Income, Wyatt Wilkes, and Jalen Worley were having near out of body experiences. 
And the Duke student behind me goes, are those the words I would use? I'm like, have you watched this team this year? Yes. <laughs> that, that's where that caption came from. Um, Jalen Warren in particular played awesome. Um, 15 points, seven rebounds, six assists, two steals, just two turnovers in 35 minutes. I mean, that's as good as you can ask for from Worley. So um, triple double watch. That's that's a really good performance for, for a true freshman that's you know really struggled at times this year and it's really struggled in big games. You know, in the first game against Duke, you know, he it had the free throw misses that almost cost the team down the stretch. You know, his shot, especially the first half of the season, was was really, really broken. Um, but quietly, I think he's up to what 36% from three this season. You know, he, he's hit a decent fair share in, in these last five or six games. Um, really playing with confidence. And that's mm-hmm. something that I like to see. Unfortunately, didn't carry over to Boston College. Um, that's it's, it's really the biggest highlight of that game. Is him getting, game. <laughs> the highlight of that game was him getting pushed over and Teddy Valentine calling a double tech because, of course, Teddy Valentine's going to call a double tech when someone else gets pushed over. It's just the way it works. Um, and that's all I want to talk about the Boston College game. Um, what's more <laughs> interesting is today is the two-year anniversary of Trent Forrest baptizing Jordan Nora. Um, oh, yeah. I, I feel like that's something we should mention. Um, once I saw that on Twitter, of course, I had to go back and watch like seven games from that season to get me in a better mental state. Um, screw COVID, man. The team was fun. Screwed us, man. Took away a potential national championship. The team was so much fun. And, and you, you go back and look at it now, like they, they just the, – what, what Raekwon Evans was doing that year, you know, especially down the stretch. He, they, were, they had sets for him that he was doing just really good stuff on. Um, that I wish they'd they'd run from this year, but I get he's got to play a little bit of a different role. Um, this was a fun season. That was a really fun season. I, I wish we could have seen that season play out. Another voice crack, number two. I know. No, I dude, he had another. He had another one a couple like a couple Did minutes he? ago. It was like three. So we're waiting listen, for you, Dustin, to have yours now. This is this is my first day off where I'm not traveling for a game. Oh, or, here we go. Here we go. Or you know, covering a game. Or anything like that since I had COVID and early. January. You choose to do that though, so that's it's just the way it's, it's just the way my schedule works out. What does traveling have to do with your voice cracking? I am tired. That is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> just let everybody know: every person on here will make every excuse imaginable. Like Dustin said happened. his brain wasn't working before coming on the podcast. It's not. Have you heard there's always something. An hour, an hour before the podcast, there's always something going on. Nate, actually, I thought he was joking with us. He does actually sound like Darth Vader and looks awful. This, um, this really is my first true day off that I've had since early January. But. When I had COVID, that's that's a fact. There's a reason why we aren't playing in sports or in the pros or anything. That's why we sit here and cover football and don't do anything. Because if we if we did anything more, if we did anything more than that and get off of our computers and go do things, we would not be able to make it. I'm telling you. But that's that's Austin's excuse. He was traveling and his voice is cracked, cracking like a a teenager. I have traveled so much that I'm in the car. (laughs) And you're you're about to do get a new car. Oh, I am officially tired of sitting in my own car. That I'm about to get a new one, probably. <laughs> yeah, get the Tesla, so you don't have to steering wheel that much. Carol's mentioning that the softball team is killing. Yes, ma'am, they are. Not wrong 0, about that. Dominated so that Invitational over the weekend. Yeah. Beat UCLA to win it. Crazy. Sydney Cheryl is the freaking goat. That's my former. That's my former neighbor right there. And she's out there hitting dingers. 
She had an in, inside the park home run. Speed, fast as hell. She beat you. She How? Oh, dude, no doubt. I'd have a better. I think I'd have a better chance of beating Corey Ran than her. Because at least Corey Rand might be hurt. <laughs> Damn, uh, Corey, if you're listening, please ignore us. Text and text. <laughs> yeah, this, this sorry. We, when we get to this point of the episode, we're just. What, yeah, what's we start talking about basketball? Things go off the rails. Yeah, I was about to say, I'm holding on for your laugh. We're trying to keep the crowd entertained. But, uh, yeah, basketball is in a tough spot. There's no more NFL really to talk about um, this we time talk, next we talk, week. We could talk uh, Scotty Barnes missing five layups in that All-Star Challenge. Yeah. Was he, was he on the doobie or something? Was Dude, I, wa- something? I, I watched that happen live, and I was just sitting here like – You watched so it I, live? I was, yeah, I watched it, I watched it live, and I, and I was like – so my, I was right. He's going to be a bust. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> you idiot. I hate you sometimes. Like, 40 uh, percent. He had a terrible All-Star weekend. That's all no, he did. he did. He uh, did. But it I doesn't matter. Like, in the yeah, grand it, scheme it, of they're there to goof off and, you know, enjoy themselves a little bit. doesn't really matter that much. Maybe a couple of Hennessy shots beforehand. Uh, 21 is giving me some compliments. The lounge, yeah, this is the lounge. Thank you. That was, I, I thought you were going to be like making fun of me there, and you might be 21, but I think you're giving me some actual love there. But I will say, I don't think anyone's going to remember Scotty Barnes, uh, Barnes's performance from the from All Star weekend. Everyone's going to remember that pathetic dunk contest, uh, which I, which I also watched live and uh, regret. And everyone's also going to remember Steph Curry going berserk in the All Star game. Yeah, like just, he's not. That, that one of a kind. He, from, he turned around from half court while the ball was still in the air. I was like, "What? What is he doing?" Um, but speaking of Scotty Barnes, I don't know if y'all saw this today. He announced he's partnering with the Skilled Trades College, where he's gifting scholarships to mm. Canadian citizens. Oh snap! Oh, that's awesome. That's badass. Yeah. Scotty, killing it, man, off the court. Yeah, and he's not so, even Canadian. So that's pretty he's cool. not. And and the scholarship, I believe, is mostly for indigenous people. Yeah, black and indigenous students. Thank you. Pretty cool. Johnny's asking what's the deal with the stadium repairs. We're hoping to have a guest on this week to kind of help us with this, maybe uh, with the stadium repairs along with NIL. That will probably maybe be moved to next week. We keep saying that, that we're going to have guests on. And we did end up having Parson on. I, I've talked with Logan we, about this. So I was like, look, we got to get it together, man. Hey, we got to get the lineup after, back. After basketball season's over, we'll, we'll have some. I'll, I'll promise that. VZ's we'll, saying he's going to we'll, beat we'll us. We'll get good ones. Yeah, That's who people want to listen to right now. No, nah, they'll want to they'll listen to a couple of these guys. I promise. <laughs> they'll they'll want to listen to a couple. Well, yeah, the NBA guys, I'm all, I'm all for having man back on. I mean, dude is blowing up in the NBA. Give me some Forrest, who's had a great season. I'm not going to lie. I'd like to have Harrison Prieto on the podcast. I think that would be a good episode. I really do. Because th- think about guys like him and Justin. I want they've him to give there. us a live weather forecast well, on the podcast. They've been and at Florida a- State since 2016. That was my first year working with the team was their first Jesus year. Christ, 2016. They've been through everything. everything. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, it'd be good to they, get some they're good gonna have some. They would have some good stories. And I mean, and there's some funny guys too. I'll say mm-hmm. that. We're, we're looking to get some guys. We're trying to get some current players now that we're credentialed. We put in some requests for a few players that we think will become more available once spring begins. During tour of duty, Norvell likes to keep things tight. So we're in, we're in the waiting list for a few players and hopefully coaches some, as well. Yep, staff members. So like 
you know, just hold on with us. And we see, hey, the pod numbers. I don't know. You podcast people over there listening to it all. So whatever we're doing might not need to change. But having some more guests on here, I know people want. So uh, we're working on it. We're working on it. We've, trust me, we don't want to. We try to find as much content possible when it's dry like it was a couple of weeks ago. I mean, it was dry. We had nothing to talk about really. Last week. We would love to have it like 30 minutes. Yeah, 30 minutes or 45 minutes to have a guest on and interview because I feel like our interviews go pretty well. So we're working on it. we got and, some and things the, in the works. to the comment that someone left earlier about trying to get Jalen Derwin or Dalvin on. Trust me, we've tried. <laughs> we've tried. We're working on it. We had, hopefully, uh, hopefully they reply to my DM. We're, we're yeah. trying with a lot of things. I've even tried to the point where um, th- this week a, a Chargers player came to the store. I'm not gonna, I'm not going to say who, but a Chargers player came to the store. I, I was going to go up and try and see if I could get Derwin's info so we could get him on the ball. They love before I could. Come on, BZ. What are we doing? I what tried. Doing? He was in the store for a total of two minutes, and I was busy doing I something. Oh, my God. I was, I was there, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of paperwork behind the scenes, checks and balances, so – once we get through those, we'll have some good guests. I can promise everybody we ain't there yet. <laughs> we ain't there yet. We're just, trying everything. No, we've tried. And we will keep yep. trying. Yeah. Now there, there's a few. There's a few that we're definitely gonna try. And 21's wanting to get Armel on here. There's there's a lot of players that we want to grab this offseason. That this is a time when we can grab them. during football season, it's about no chance at all. Like only by weeks, I think we got neighbors on from the Chargers and maybe uh, one other player in years past. But it's very hard during the football season. The best time is now till practically training camp. So I don't know, man. You were slacking this past year. And in earlier years, you would be bringing on guests to like preview games and all this. And last year, you were just kind of like, well, well, you know, whatever. I mean, if people want to have Charlie Ward or Peter work on it, why I mean, wouldn't we can they want to have them on? We'll run it back again. I mean, I'm about it. I just don't know if people want to have. I mean, Peter Work, I'd have on every episode. I think Peter should be just Charlie Ward a full time co host on the show. I mean, Charlie Ward is a is a great speaker. Oh well, yeah, no, he's the one that can talk too. He talks more. Than Nothing me. wrong with that. More content, exactly, and less of hearing you. I mean, he's got a damn Heisman. Get the man on the podcast. <laughs> Charlie's awesome. I love Mr. Ward. He's always great and always down to hop on. So we'll he'll definitely have him on this offseason. Yeah, We're working on a job and, and then never got back to me. So who did? Charlie Ward. Remember, he's like, we need that, we need a radio broadcast or something like that. Oh. And then, and then he never got back to me. <laughs> Obviously, didn't think of bright future for you. He You're stuck with us, buddy. <laughs> hey, since, since we were talking about the spring game earlier, remember last spring game when we uh we talked to Winky? Whatever happened with that? No, Winky, Winky ghosted me. Winky ghosted me. Got, I mean, I got the number and everything. I mean, that was at the spring game, dude. I'm pretty sure he gave Logan the wrong number. Uh, I think he might have. Like, he might have really jipped me. He might have got yeah, me. I've heard he's a really tough guy to get on for an interview. But he got me good if he did give a wrong number. I'm probably texting some rando in Ohio. So, uh, if Winky's listening out there, uh, would love to have you, man. I'm sure we could have a really good conversation on here. But I was proud of that one. At some point. Nobody was noticing them. Everybody was over to Travis Hunter and everything, which is hilarious to think of now, but everybody was getting pictures and <laughs> everything with Travis Hunter during that spring game. And and not even, just not see even a Heisman winner walk by. Not even just Travis, but Nico Markiel. I've got, yeah, a, Nico I've got there a picture. Too. I've got a picture from the spring game that I posted on Twitter from then. And it's Travis Hunter and Nico Markiel standing together 
like signing autographs for fans. And I mean, man, if you would have known then what we know now, just wow. Recruiting is crazy, right? Yeah. I wonder what's going to happen this year. Yeah. It's going to be exciting. Uh, Donald's saying, where are y'all from? And he said, also, Winky's definitely not listening to our show. And, you know, it's almost a hit. That's a hit on us. But, you know, you're probably not wrong, though. Uh, we're, but where are we from? Austin's from Charlotte, North Carolina, and then was originally, originally Duval County. I was gonna say he's not from there. Originally Duval County. Well, I'm a proud Duval resident. People don't care that much. They really I care. Want to know what's going on? Well, you shout, care, shout, but shout out the 904. No, oh, God. Uh, I think that's gonna wrap it up next week. Where are you from? Why you want to say where he's from? Tallahassee. From Tallahassee, you are too. You didn't God. say that though. Well, I said Dustin and then interrupted again. Um, just trying to get through this really honestly. And then yep, I am showing some love to JT's. Shout out to Jameis and uh JT's marketing guy over there, Joe Hernandez, hooked it up with a little fourth and fourteen. I like this shirt though, it feels good. But this was a guy I was high on last spring, man. I'm gonna see if I can go two for two. I'm gonna figure out my next star guy that's gonna pan out to be good i don't know i don't really know where i'm going with that but yeah next week we'll have actually some good stuff to talk about we'll be there for tour of duty so we'll be able to recap a little bit of that d lou very very little no we can't we can barely say anything so we won't we won't have any photos um we won't have any videos and we will present to you information in a very standard format and that's not just because that's (laughs) what we we don't want to do that but that's just how you know We've got to pertain to FSU's policies on, on reporting on certain things. Yeah, true. Logan got us in some trouble last year, huh, buddy? Like I said, it's going to be an interesting season. What is he talking about? We might not have credentials by the end of it. I know it's exactly what he's talking about. But. I wish. I wish we did. But, yeah, no, that would be a good one. And then I'm trying to think of anything more. Yeah, we got a special announcement next Tuesday, too. So keep an eye out for that. That one's uh, – it's not that kind special. of been under the radar, but uh, super excited for it. And we get to talk about two of the last three FSU basketball games. Thanks, mm, I, mean, I, I can't wait. God, can't so, make we, it. We're to the point where we don't even preview anymore. They play Virginia no. Saturday. That used to be a huge matchup. No, nope. that's all right. Yeah, nope. everybody, just make sure you get your countdown timer set. Next, next Wednesday, Notre Dame. That's a big, big game. Notre Dame's good. No one cares. Yeah. Yeah, Tug here in the comments is going to go ahead and send us off with the show saying, I would like to send my thoughts and prayers to Coach Norvell. Don't know what happened. Don't know if we need to be alerted of anything, but he's sending his thoughts and prayers to Coach Norvell before the spring starts. So thank you, Tug, on YouTube. Definitely probably a Miami fan. Anyways, that's going to do it. That's going to wrap up this week. Next week, we'll go jump into the defensive side of the ball. And yeah. And a little bit of special teams, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, we'll sprinkle that in there. Full too. hour in depth breakdown, okay. film analysis on the snapping speed and the form. It's going to be fun. It's we, my we, favorite we, part. We don't need a full special teams preview podcast. You just shove it at the end of defense. Yeah. Remember this, Logan? Yeah, that was a rough thing that we put on Twitter. That was a rough clip. <laughs> little, little weird. Little weird. All right. Let's let's you, know, you gotta have some power behind it. Oh yeah. God, get me out of here, please. All right, everybody, enjoy the rest of y'all's weekend. We'll talk to you guys next week on Thursday at 8:30 p.m. Hit the subscribe button before you leave, and if you're on YouTube right now, then there's 50 of y'all. If you wouldn't mind just hitting the like button, it helps to get out to more FSU fans. 
Have a great weekend. And uh, talk to you next Thursday. Peace.